Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. I wanted to start this episode with saying how grateful I am for every single one of you guys that writing me emails or reviews in iTunes and Stitchers and showing love and appreciation for this podcast. I am beyond grateful. Sometimes I fall a little bit behind on my emails, but if you write to me, I'll make sure I'll get back to you. I always keep in mind your suggestions because this is a podcast for you. Few weeks ago, I saw this advertisement for how to improve part of your sexuality. And it was a paid program. I'm such a sucker for learning new things that I spent hundreds of dollars. And then after I got the course, I realized that these are the things that we already talked about it in the podcast. And I was kind of disappointed because I was thinking that why I spend money on this topic. So when I had this wonderful, generous guests in the past that shared their information and expertise in my podcast for free. So I went through the archives of these podcasts, which I thought it's a two-hour project. It turned out it was a five-hours project. And I chose some of the best tips that the sex therapists and sex experts in the field shared with us, specifically around female orgasm. Because if you are the listener of this show, you probably hear me talk about orgasm a lot because I think orgasm matters a lot. Sometimes, you know, I hear this thing from some people that they say, you know, it's about just enjoying the journey. Doesn't matter if you climax. And I get kind of furious because I think it's bullshit. For example, I love going to wineries in Santa Barbara. We live in LA. The drive is beautiful. You drive by the PCH next to ocean. I love it. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. But if as soon as we get close to the wineries, like my husband turning around, oh, no, we're not going to go into the winery and coming back, I would be very mad. And sometimes I know that that's a struggle that many women have. And I was talking to my husband about it, that, you know, some people say just enjoy the journey. And he was laughing. He says, you know, if it was a guy, they would say, oh, the guy got blue balls, such a bad thing. But for women to try to reframe it as, oh, just enjoy the journey, climax and orgasm does not matter. Anyhow, so I thought it would be wonderful to go through the archives and choose the best tips that the sex therapist provided in past episodes. So we start with the episodes that talk about what gets in the way, because I know sometimes people are confused about what gets in the way of them reaching orgasm. Then we're going to talk about how to improve it. And then last two clips going to talk about how, if you're having orgasm, have this mind-blowing climaxing experience. So stay tuned. Also, before I go into to this recording, I wanted to share with you guys, I'll be at ASAC conference in Philadelphia next week. I guess the time that this episode goes live, I will flying out the same night. If you are at the conference, shoot me an email at Dr. Molly at Sexology Podcast or send a message to me through my website. I would love to catch up or meet you if, if, you're, if you're someone that I haven't met. 
And if you are curious to see what happens in sex therapy conferences, follow me in my Instagram at oasis to care I'm planning to have all of these exciting things that I learned in the conference in my story in Instagram. All right, here's the show. The first clip comes from episode 39 with Dr. Lori Mintz. Dr. Mintz is an author, therapist, and professor and speakers. She published more than 50 journal articles and academic journals and a six chapter in academic book. And she recently published this book, Becoming Cliterate. And she's one of my favorite sex therapists when it comes to educating women around how to reach orgasm. That's her life work. And she talks about what gets in the way and what can you do to reach orgasm. Here's the clip. I truly believe that every woman can orgasm if given the right set of tools and attitudes. And the first is simply knowledge of one's own anatomy and, you know, what is, what makes up your genital anatomy, taking a look down there, you know, getting to know yourself. The other is knowledge, knowing that the vast majority, 95% of women need clitoral stimulation to orgasm. And then it's really a matter of, I, I think it's sort of a, at the risk of oversimplifying it, it's the four-step process that I lay out in the book. The first is finding out how you orgasm through taking matters into your own hands, pleasuring yourself. Then the second step is to instill within yourself the attitudes that, that you deserve orgasm, that your orgasm is as equally as important as your partner's orgasm. It's also focusing on mindfulness, learning to immerse in the sensations of the moment, turning off your brain and not sort of, am I doing it right? And just being able to relax. And then being able to communicate with your partner about what you like. And finally, that whole cultural script of, you know, foreplay, intercourse, his ejaculation game over is, um, sort of the climax of the book where I present alternative ways to have sex where the female orgasm is just as central as the male orgasm and it can happen before intercourse, it can happen after intercourse, it can happen during intercourse simply because a person is maybe actually stimulating their own clitoris with a hand or a vibrator or, you know, there, we can turn the tables and have an, a time where just the woman orgasms, only she comes. So it takes a lot of different variables, but it's, it's a very, very reachable goal. Next, we have an interview with Dr. Loni Barback. She's a psychologist. She has been in the field more than four decades. She has a number of publications. It's funny that when I was a young undergrad, I read her first of her first work around female orgasm, and that was very transformative. In this clip, she talks, continue talking about what are some of the things that might uh, hinder women's reaching orgasm and having great time in bed. For women, in terms of a relationship, the connection is often really important. Feeling emotionally connected to their partner, having a slow buildup, rather than for most male partners, it can be much more rapid, but women like to build up more slowly, often starting away from the clitoris 
from their genitals and then moving toward that later on and feeling safe in the relationship and also feeling like they have a right to pleasure. You know, for an awful lot of women, a sex becomes something that they're doing for their partner and they may not masturbate because they don't feel like sex is, is okay for them, for them to have a sex drive outside of a relationship. So for women to feel like they have a right to pleasure, that they are, that they can take the time that they need without worrying about their partner. So all of those worries get in the way of orgasm. And so does even the worry, am I going to have an orgasm? And that alone could have women focusing out, they're outside of themselves. So rather than experiencing what their body is experiencing fully, they're more focused on achieving something. And the orgasms can be very elusive if you try to get them. But if you don't pay any attention to them, they develop on their own accord if you just keep doing the kinds of things that are pleasurable. Next, we have an interview with Vanessa Marin. She's a licensed psychotherapist specializing in sex therapy. She shares with us why it is wonderful and helpful to self-stimulate and masturbate and what can we do to start having way more fun in the bedroom. Have a relationship with our sexuality that is separate from our partners in our relationships. So this is our body, this is our pleasure, it's our orgasm, and we deserve to have a good relationship with that. Um, it doesn't mean that you know if you're not in a relationship, you just shrivel up and have you know no sexual energy, no sexual relationship whatsoever. Like this is something that you carry with yourself inside of yourself throughout your entire life, throughout all of your relationships. And what I found when working with women is they might feel a little bit hesitant at first, not super on board, but once they've had that experience of teaching themselves how to orgasm, of finally having their very first orgasm, they recognize that it is incredibly empowering to do that. Like there really is nothing as exciting as being able to bring your own body to orgasm. So it might feel like, you know, but a chore or something you're not super interested in right now, but trust me, once you've been on the other end, you're going to recognize that this was such a worthwhile journey to take on. Next clip comes from one of my favorite sex therapists, Dr. Janet Brito. She's an ASAC certified sex therapist. She, she did a specific postdoc fellowship at University of Minnesota Medical School, and she's currently based in Honolulu, Hawaii. She's similar with me what I, in a sense that she offers hands-on strategies and tips, things you can apply in your sex life to have better sexual outcome, and I'm all about skills and tools. Here's the conversation with Dr. Janet Brito. This study that's not told, 2017, and it was published in the Archives of Sexual Behavior, the one that found that lesbian women actually orgasm 86% of the time. And what they found was that the reason that they're orgasming more often than heterosexual women is that they tend to receive more oral sex. So there's more of this clitoral stimulation that's occurring. They tend to have sex longer. There tends to be more time spent with you know, exploring sensation versus kind of a quick penile vaginal penetration experience. They tend to be more satisfied in their relationship. They tend to feel more connected and, you know, have a, a stronger bond. 
they tend to be more comfortable being sexually assertive and asking for what they want and what they need. And I think that's extremely important, but also very frightening when you're not uh, encouraged or you haven't grown up to speak and share your voice. It can be very scary to finally say, actually, what I really like is this, or what I really need is this. So that that is uh, something to continue to work on and asking for what you want. And they also tend to report that they they do they feel comfortable praising their partner, so they tend to um, in- encourage like giving almost like this positive feedback. Like I really enjoyed when you touched me in this way, or when you held me this way. So there's a lot more sexual communication, which is extremely important when I'm teaching my my clients, either individuals or couples. It's not just it's anatomy and physio you know phys- physiological education, but also this sexual communication. Like. I really would like to hold you in this way. Do you give me permission? I really want to give you a blowjob. I really want to have intercourse with you. I really want to, you know, do mutual masturbation. Are you interested? So it's this sexual communication and then praising each other for that. Like, thank you. Yes, I love that. Or you did an amazing job at that. So it's that positive reinforcement. Some other little things that I think are worth mentioning. They also report that they, along with the sexual communication, they throughout the day, so outside the bedroom, there is this sexual communication. They're calling, they're texting, they're emailing each other, something sexual, which is not just, hey, are you going to pick up the kids or did you take out the trash or did you pay that <laughs> bill, right? This is more like, that's like very business, you know, relationships, which is important. But as far as increasing erotic connection, it's like, hey, actually, I'm thinking about you, sweetheart, or however you say it to your partner. and you. Being willing and taking risks to share some of that sexual communication. Lastly, a few more things. They are more likely to do sexy talk. So during the relation, during the interaction, you know, sexy talk, dirty talk, wear sexy lingerie, and they try different things, like different positions. So it's not just the, okay, hey, we're going to, you know, kiss for a minute and now we're going to do missionary and I'm going to ejaculate and have an orgasm and then I'm going to go to sleep, (laughs) (laughs) right? Which is what I hear. And I'm like, wait, 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 but what happened before? (laughs) Well, that, that's sort of how it happened. So there's, there seems to be more adventure and, and trying out more um, fantasies and there's more risk taking, (laughs) it, it seems. So I think we could really learn a lot from lesbians on sexual and straight women can learn a lot from this study. These are, these are things I would recommend as a sex therapist to anyone. The next clip comes from my interview with Dr. Deborah Wickman. She's a physician. She's a gynecologist with more than 20 years of experience. She did her fellowship in UCLA, and she's also trained as sexuality counselor. What I love about her interview and the clip I chose is that she shares with us the root cause of women struggling with reaching the orgasm and also thinking that they, they are able to reach orgasm and deserve pleasure. There's a lot of difficulty around orgasm because uh, women are so uninformed in general about their bodies and their function. There's so many misconceptions because if they do have information, it's often from porn which we know 
right. is full of uh, mythology. <laughs> and um, so because they don't look like a porn star or act like a porn star or experience what they think a porn star is, ha- is experiencing when they see those examples, they think something's wrong with them. They think they're broken. And often their partners have the same impression because they're informed by the same type of thing. And so men think that their woman is supposed to, you know, scream and, and uh, you know, gyrate like a porn star. And when she doesn't, they're disappointed. So there's so many questions women have around orgasm, around how it should be done, whether they should self-stimulate or whether that's wrong. And then expectations around, I should have an orgasm every time I have penetration. Why don't I? What's wrong with me? And so there's so much to normalize around, you know, most women don't have enough clitoral stimulation during penetration. And most women don't have enough foreplay to be aroused enough to then bridge right over into a orgasm very soon. And so normalizing what does the female body need to achieve that? And then allowing them to think about how would I want to experience that? What could change in my life now that would help me experience that easier? How could I talk to my partner about exploring more and doing things differently and taking more time and pleasing me? Because so, so much about women are that we're nurturing the man and we don't ask for anything in return. We have trouble receiving. And so there's so much work around, hey, you matter too. You need to learn how to receive and let him you know, take care of you. So much of pain is about that because every day I hear a woman say, oh, I feel so sorry for my husband. He's so patient with me. I just, you know, he needs to be able to have sex. And she's had pain maybe for several years, even though she's, and and had sex, even though she's having pain because she feels a nurturing responsibility to have sex with her husband, even in the face of pain, because she rates his pleasure much more important than her own. And so part of that is really helping women reconnect or conscious connection with their anatomy and function and with the fact that they deserve pleasure. They should have it. You know, they should be pleased as well as the, as the male partner. The next two clips will focus on how to have this prolonged, mind-blowing orgasm. So if you're someone that you're lucky that you're able to reach orgasm, these these are for you. So first one is come from Dr. Steve Budansky. He worked in the field more than 35 years with his wife. They were sexually educator and they had this very interesting one and they still have one hour orgasm demonstrations. And they, they received a doctorate in sensual studies in 1992. In this clip, he kind of guide us through how to have mind blowing, extensive, massive orgasm. First is, I think all female orgasm is clitorally based. You know, there's, there's arguments about, you know, vaginal orgasms or clitoral orgasms. But I think our expertise is ma- manual stimulation of a woman's genitals. And the whole thing is, the whole area is actually connected. And the difference between an extended massive orgasm and a regular orgasm is kind of like the difference between the Wright brothers you know, and a space shuttle. Right. And, you know, the Wright brothers, they can go up for a few seconds, 
And then so the trip is over. The space shuttle can go around and around and around and keep on going. And, pretty, and a lot higher than the Wright brothers could go. That's so cool. How can we get to the space shuttle? <laughs> I bet that would be the, that's a question of many of our listeners mind now. <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's enjoying each stroke one at a time. It's not trying to, you know, get on the shuttle right away. It's enjoying the ride, enjoying the liftoff, enjoy, enjoying everything about it and approving of it. And also, one big key is to relax your body instead of like tensing up. Because when you tense up, you tend to have what we call a the regular kind of orgasm where you, you kind of tense up and you tense up and you tense up and finally you go over. And that's kind of imitating a male orgasm. And a female orgasm, can, women can do that too by tensing up, but they can also relax their bodies and keep feeling and just put their attention on the pleasure of each stroke. And that way, if you keep doing that, then you can keep the orgasm going. And another technique that we use is called peaking. So you don't just keep on rubbing, you take breaks. And by taking a break before the person wants to stop, or if you're doing it to yourself before you had enough, take a little break or a long break, whatever you want to do, and then start again, you can keep the orgasm going. Lastly, this is my interview with second interview with Dr. Emily Nagoski. If you are in the field of sexuality, you probably heard from her. And she's an award-winning author of New York Times bestseller, Come As You Are. And she recently published the second book in this series, which is Burnt Out, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. In this episode, she talks about how to expand your repertoire of kind of achieving orgasm through different ways than just penetration. I guess the disclaimer is like, I, I'm a person that loves, loves working on different things in my life. And I was always very curious about how people reach orgasm when they talk about like a nipple stimulation or like spontaneous experience, spontaneous orgasm. And in this clip, she tells us how we can learn that skill. It's a hobby. It's a little bit like training for a marathon. It's not necessary for fitness, but it makes a really fun goal if you're interested in it. So every couple of days, you set aside hmm, 15 minutes to half an hour to be by yourself and just pay attention to pleasurable sensations in your body. Pay attention to the erotic kind of thoughts that come to your mind as you notice low levels of arousal and then increasing levels of arousal. You practice tightening whatever muscles feel like they want to tighten as your arousal level goes up. And on the first day, do not try to have an orgasm. Just see how intense your arousal can get in, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. And then and then go about your day. <laughs> and is it the matter of like, are we reading erotica or is just like using our own imagination and tuning into our bodies? You can, it's, it's a sort of training wheels to use erotica or porn because that's a really high intensity of stimulation coming from the outside. And when stimulation is coming from the outside, it's harder to be distracted from it. When it's just coming from inside your own imagination, your thoughts, your feelings, your internal sensations, most of us find it easier to be distracted from that by some external stimulus. So it really takes practice 
to be able to have there be, you know, there's going to be noise. There'll be traffic outside your window. Maybe your phone will ring. Maybe there'll be, maybe you've got a to-do list of other things you could be using this time on and you're worried about not using this time for those things. So it takes practice to let all that stuff go. Keep your attention focused on what's happening inside your body. I hope you enjoyed this conversations. Again, definitely was a pleasure for me to go through them. And there was tons of great things that I kept note of. In future, I'll do similar kind of reviews uh, for you guys. If you listened to the episode and you really enjoyed it, make sure that you are checking out the full episode. You can find the link to the full episode on the show notes. Also, don't forget to rate and review us. This is a show for you and you are my marketing department. So I really appreciate if you take a moment and leave us an honest review in iTunes. It matters a lot. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.